He'll fight for freedom, wherever there's trouble. Rad Chat Pod is there. Welcome to Rad Chat. After a little bit of a break, I am thrilled to be back for another Rad Chat. Today we have New York Times best-selling author and humorist, Andrew Schaefer. Most people know Andrew through his best-selling books, Hope Never Dies and Hope Rides Again. These books are humorous takes at the supposed bromance between former President Barack Obama and his Vice President Joe Biden. Personally, I discovered him through the How to Survive a Sharknado tie-in book from the Sharknado series, and Ghosts from Our Past, which was a tie-in to the Ghostbusters 2016 Answer the Call film. I had the privilege of talking to him about one of his favorite subjects, G.I. Joe. As you know, I love to hear people nerd out and just get excited about things they love and share the memories that bring them joy. I think right now we need a lot more of that than usual, so I was thrilled that Andrew was willing to. This interview, much like my Jurassic Park episode, will be split into two parts. This episode you'll be able to hear a lot more about G.I. Joe, and the second one we get into a bit more of tangents of what we both enjoyed when we were growing up. I do suggest everybody checks out his books. They're available on Amazon, and you can read them on Kindle or physical media if you prefer. There's a bit of something for everybody. And he can be found on Facebook as well as on Twitter, at Andrew T. Schaefer, with Schaefer being spelled S-C-H-A-F-F-E-R. But before we get to the interview, I always want to celebrate somebody in the community that has made the online internet thing a better place to be. Today is someone that I'm sure many, many of you are familiar with, Dinosaur Dracula, also known as Matt from X Entertainment back in the day if you were following then. Dinosaur Dracula has been a site for nostalgia and memories and wonderful joy for many, many years. It has been somewhere I've been going since I first was blogging and writing and using it kind of as a springboard to remember, hey, I can do this too. His sense of humor and well-written prose has always been something I go to when I find myself needing a little bit of a pickup or to kind of dive into my memory. Sometimes it just triggers those thoughts you haven't had in a long time. You may remember some old SpaghettiOs or some old ice cream bar that you love. Every year I look forward to his Halloween countdown, and of course the podcast he does with his friend Jay, also known as The Sexy Armpit, named Purple Stuff Podcast. This was one of the podcasts that made me want to get into podcasting. It was just two friends having a conversation. And once again, going back to the way Dinosaur Dracula has always appealed to me, it's like listening to a friend reminisce and share his awesome and often embarrassing stories with a sense of humor that not a lot of people seem to have anymore. There's a level of positivity and care that goes into what he does. There's not a lot of irony and there's not much snark. So if you're looking for something like fun, something unique, something down memory lane, it's the place to go. So thanks, Matt, Dinosaur Dracula. You've been an inspiration for me and... Even my son has dressed up as the character of Mad Matt for Halloween. So while there are many nostalgia sites online, there are few with the heart that Dinosaur Dracula has. And for everybody that knows me, I wear my heart on my sleeve, and I love things that are earnest. I love things that are true to themselves. Things that don't pretend to be pretentious or more than they really are. And I guess when you're opening up 30-year-old cans of SpaghettiOs, there's not much pretension to be had. Anyway, let's get things moving. As usual, you can find me on Twitter at JPVries, that's spelled V-R-I-E-S-S, or the actual podcast official Twitter, which is at RadChatPod. I'm happy to discuss things. I'm happy to take your ideas. I want to talk to you. I would love to know what you nerd out about. I don't care if you're an author. I don't care if you're a writer. I don't care if you 
do anything. I would just love to hear what you love. Shoot me a message and maybe we can talk. Please feel free to subscribe to me on any of the services that are out there, such as Anchor, Spotify, Apple Music. You know where to get podcasts. I appreciate it. It means a lot when I see somebody actually has reviewed it or left a rating or just said, hey, this was a cool thing I listened to once. It makes me feel really special. Like, seriously, my partner sees me grinning and she just kind of laughs because, yeah, it just tickles me in a good way. Anyway, on to the podcast with Andrew Schaefer. Again, thank you, Andrew, for joining me for this podcast. This was a ton of fun. I went into this pretty much blind. I don't know much about G.I. Joe, which I'm sure most of you will figure out when you're listening to this. But Andrew handled like a champ, and it was fun learning tons of things about the characters and toys and cartoons that I never knew. Enjoy part one of this interview with Andrew Schaefer. So today I have Andrew Schaefer, best-selling New York Times author, and we're going to talk about one of his favorite things he's enjoyed, G.I. Joe. What can you tell me about G.I. Joe? Yo, Joe! <laughs> <laughs> uh, which was the uh, the battle cry. I haven't I haven't really thought about G.I. Joe in many, many years. because But it was just, it, there's just this weird thing that, I mean, if you're of a certain age, um, I'm 41. Um, my childhood was like, was like G.I. Joe from 1983 until, you know, whenever 19 in the 1990s. And it was comic books. It was action figures. It was cartoons. There is even a, a terrible movie. And just the it was it turned like the army into superheroes where they each had their own a colorful costume and uh, colorful colorful weaponry <laughs> colorful lasers and there were ninjas so i'm like you had it was it was it, it so it was like everything all thrown together and and i was into comic books big time and so i i was always a fan of the comic books the, there was only i think two seasons of the the cartoon um it wasn't that big of a hit but the the comic books and then of course the action figures kept the franchise alive for a long time and it was it's just it, it's just bizarre though now to look back at how like into this army thing i was cuz i i didn't you know i didn't grow up to be in the army because they don't allow ninjas i mean you can't bring your own sword in you can't bring your own wolf you know i'm like what kind of army is this um i wanted to be in gi joe not in the army <laughs> so I never really uh, made the connection between G.I. Joe and the Army. They just seem like they're their own special force of America, just super America. That's all I ever got the, the impression of. Yeah, well, they're called a real American hero. And then I guess, though, overseas they rebranded them. Uh, they called them, I think, Action Force in the really? U.K. They, they were real international heroes, <laughs> Action Force. They're pretty uh, diverse. Yeah, yeah. No, they they were always a, a very very diverse and had just it was but it's so weird to look back on you like like was this what my parents were letting me play with was these little toy guys with like grenades and machine guns and I'm just sitting there playing with them and they're just shooting each other. And of course, uh, uh, you know, of course that sounds strange today, I think. I don't know if such a thing sure. would become big today. Um <laughs> it, but uh yeah on the cartoon they try to tone it down they're like hey they're not shooting bullets they're shooting lasers and i'm like yeah but they're also shooting lasers to kill each other so 
the the fact that those aren't real guns is you know sort of beside the point. So I find it interesting that GI Joe was such a big deal, especially in the toy line. The toy line was humongous. It went on for many years, and that later on, once it kind of waned, turtles became the big thing. Oh and yeah. Turtles were considered too violent, which I could <laughs> never understand. You've got a couple turtles with nunchucks and sai, but you know this entire army force with tanks and missiles and literally giant toy missiles. I know a giant. There were giant missiles. There were it, you. It was we would stage elaborate. Me and my friends would stage elaborate battles. I mean, we you know we'd bring our GI Joes all over at each other's houses together so that you'd have you know multiple vipers and and different stuff and you know you always hung out at the kid's house who had the the aircraft carrier which was like the, the yeah yeah the 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 gigantic whatever how big was it seven foot or something insane I saw them line a couple times they're humongous yeah yeah the insane uh, it was the lar- like the largest toy at the time and that was like you know it was like oh my god you you have the aircraft carrier uh and so that was the kids house we hung out at but um yeah we i just uh it was it's just so weird thinking how much i got into these things and that was one of the things that i i looked up was when we were going to talk about this was some of the old joe figures and just how strange they were um the one that kept coming up over and over that thankfully i never had this one it was called ice cream soldier Really? I have not heard of that one. Yes. I. This was one, I think it came out in the 90s, so to, so I wasn't really collecting at that. It was one of the, the last figures to come out, but it was actually called the Ice Cream Soldier, and he has a flamethrower. <laughs> I, don't, I don't understand. I think the idea was, was that um, it says that the last thing you would expect from G.I. Joe's fiercest flamethrower commando is for him to be called Ice Cream Soldier. However, he uses the name as a cover because when Cobra hears the Joes are sending a guy into battle named the Ice Cream Soldier, they don't expect much more than a kid with chocolate ice cream on his fatigues. So... This is canon. This is canon. <laughs> yeah, this is this is canon. It, it's just freaking weird um that they would call him the ice cream soldier and i'm like but as soon as they saw the ice cream soldier and he had a flamethrower they would wouldn't he have to change his code name or something i mean it was one of those big like tank flamethrowers with the backpack and everything yeah yeah (laughs) oh yeah i like what what I don't I don't I don't know what was going on like like were there a lot of drugs involved with this um one of the other guys that uh was kind of there they had a football guy uh gridlock and then a baseball guy named hardball and the baseball guy named hardball actually like fired like baseballs or something oh no it was grenades but um and the Still effective yeah, yeah. So there were just a whole bunch of just really strange characters that um, they were just going crazy over there at, at Hasbro, I think, making these things. I don't know what they were on. It's insane. They And it's weird because when I was looking up and doing some research for this, I saw a lot of the kind of really out there designs started right in the beginning. Like they kicked off this with the really out there ideas. They didn't 
want to make it super, you know, similar. And this is, of course, the 80s line, not the old, you know, kung fu grip figures. Yeah, 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 no, yeah, I should, yeah, definitely. I I never had the original, you know, the Barbie-sized figures. It was all about the the uh, the short, whatever, three-and-a-half-inch yeah. figures or whatever they are. And, um, it yeah, they were, there was just, there was something going on over at Hasbro in their water. But, yeah, right from the <laughs> beginning, they're like, who thinks to, who thinks to, you know, give they're like, hey, this is a ninja character. Why don't we give him a wolf as a toy? And they're like, why? And they're like, I don't know. Kids would pl- like to play with wolves or something. I'm like, what? But you know, you'd have something incredibly cool like that, and then you'd have another character who uh, there was a, a cobra guy named Big Boa, and he was simply a uh. <laughs> A, a a guy with a he was shirtless and in boxing gloves, but he had like a cobra viper mask on. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I think he was named Big Boa because of Rocky Balboa. Actually, but he didn't have a like a boa constrictor. That's what I was picturing. Oh no, that would be actually cool. No, um, Big Boa. Uh, th- although they did have characters with snakes, of course. Um, uh, of course, Serpentor, who was, uh, who came with a, a little tiny cobra. There, that was when they, they, I think that was the first time I, you know, recognized what sort of jumping the shark was. Was you know, I was I was on board with a Big Boa, the guy who has boxing gloves in fights instead of shooting. Fine, uh, you know, and then a guy with a wolf. Fine. But then they came out with Serpentor, and he was from the movie, and that was when I said, wait a minute. He's made from the DNA of, like, um, Genghis Khan and Hitler and, like, all of the all, – all of the – these crazy leaders from the past, you know? And I was like, wait a minute. I'm sorry. That's a bit did, too far. Did we just – did we – yeah, they're, like, the ultimate bad guy has DNA from, <laughs> I, I don't know if, I don't know if it was, uh, if, if it was Hitler, but, um, it was, yeah, it was, it was just all these crazy things. And then there were aliens in the movie. Uh, and then they revealed in the movie that, uh, you know, that Cobra commander had at one time been a, a part of this serpent race of aliens and he turned into a snake in the movie yep. as punishment, which, that's that's the first time I think I remember as a kid watching that going jumped the shark. I didn't know the phrase at the time, but I was like I was on board and now you've turned a character into a snake. I'm I'm tapping out. <laughs> See, that's what's funny is I think my first real exposure to it, I was a little bit younger, so I was in the Ghostbusters uh world. Yeah. yeah. So my first real exposure was renting the VHS of the movie. Oh, God. And I thought that was G.I. Joe. So I would go looking for the toys <laughs> that were just crazy out there, aliens and just really extravagant figures. But all I'd find is these guys that look pretty normal. A guy with the boxy gloves. Yeah, that's that's fine. That's nothing. And I was disappointed that I couldn't find these really crazy things going on. Yeah, it was weird. The the uh, I remember, I think, the toys that they had for the movie, uh, Globulus and the guy with the, 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 the bat wings and... Uh, uh, 
there's there was uh, I think that was like a Toys R Us exclusive or something. But yeah, they weren't like regularly sold with the other figures. Even it was like, oh, uh, you had to go specially buy this uh, this pack of the crazy aliens. Um, it's like they knew how crazy they were. Like we've gone too far. And then some guys like, how about an ice cream soldier? They're like, I what? Sure, I do. We, why not why not we've 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 already gone too far they're like let's just see what they let us do <laughs> let's see what people buy and apparently they can buy i think i think we've all been in jobs like that where we're like let me see how far i can take this before i'm fired <laughs> so i was i was in a job like that once and i was like let me see how long i can literally sit here at my desk and do nothing before someone notices and fires me. I kid you not, it was six months past. And did and they then, just notice? Or they were yeah, like, no. yeah, yeah. No, um, my boss came to me and said, I noticed uh, this is kind of strange. This is going to sound weird, but you haven't done any work here in about six months. We, I had IT go through the files on your computer I was a graphic artist and um, oh. it was like, but it was a really, it was for the yellow pages. So it was really, uh, you know, really um, uh, assembly line stuff. And he's like, and we can't find any work in your computer. And in fact, this is what we found. And it was a picture where I'd Photoshopped myself into like a master P album cover. <laughs> and he's like, what is this? And it said like pimping straight up pimping or something. And I'm like, yeah, I go. I'm gonna be a rapper now, and he's like, "You, you're fired." I was like, "I figured that was gonna happen," um, and I did not become a rapper, which is um, perhaps, um, you know, I think I had the album cover. Uh, I was all ready to do that, but yeah, didn't become that. So yeah, that's what that's how I sort of feel <laughs> like these guys are. Uh, 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 the, whoever was working here at Hasbro uh, for what fifteen years or something crazy, um, they just were like, "Let's just see how far we can go with this." Well, I know the movie was a little bit later. That was nineteen eighty-seven or eighty-eight, if I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. So it, things had already been really popular at the time. I mean, I remember, I remember being there being shelves of uh, all the different playsets and everything at Toys R Us, and I thought as a kid they were really expensive. They're like ten, fifteen bucks for the larger vehicles oh god <laughs> but now you know you can't even get a figure for that much well i know the, the the price point on these toys was pretty low it was about i mean as early as i remember they were they were a little bit under three dollars and yeah. then eventually they became like four dollars and and then they you know then it was once it got over four dollars you know if you wanted a four dollar toy you had to go to uh the the mall store like kb toys um, we had one of those where it was the clearance like, ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they they were they were the most they, they charged like a dollar more per toy than than any other toy store did. Um, but yeah, before that though, you would have to find them early on. You didn't have like Toys R Us and stuff like that. And and my family, we didn't go to you know big department stores or whatever. I would have to buy them at you know what the equivalent of sort of like a, a Walgreens was. Uh, back in the day, you know, just like a a, a small like store like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and and they would have like ten figures, you know, out of 
hundreds. And so I was kind of limited to, you know, what, what they had on the stocks on the shelf at that time. Um, now you try telling someone that something's limited. I, I, would a kid today even know what the heck that means? <laughs> you no. can't find that. What are you talking about? You can't find it. I don't know. You know, we just we just had the back of the card, the back of the 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 package where you right. saw the whole list of every single figure, but it wasn't pictures of the figures, it was just the paintings of the figures. And so you're like, "Oh my god, what does that toy even look like?" I remember there being like huge uh, racks of them. Like that you wouldn't see like one or two like nowadays you see figures, you get three figures and there's three copies of each on the shelf in an assortment. Right, right. For G.I. Joe, the assortment seemed like there were just 10 different figures on every peg. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was – you had to you had to go through them, um, and it was and, – and sometimes he would just come across the same figures over and over, uh, and I would just be like, oh, my God. But the thing was, after, you know, that season, uh, they would come out with a whole new line the next season. So then if you wanted to find last season's figures – you could only get them used and there was no internet at the time. Like, where are you going to buy these used at? You know, uh, it was, it was, uh, it was, you know, then, so you'd have one friend who had storm shadow from the first wave or something. Um, and it was like, where am I going to get that? I'm, I'm going to have to rob my friend. You know, there's no other way to get that figure. <laughs> you know, it, uh, uh, Hasbro came up with the, uh, the the concept of hey we'll just have like a storm shadow with a different paint job, and then they came out with one that was called Tiger Force. I have the most bizarre thing. They were all painted yellow and gray, and all they did was took a bunch of their old figures and just repainted them. They <laughs> and they got a lot. I know they're like hey it's Tiger Force, and I'm like what is what Tiger Force. Did they yeah. ever have like an in-world universe reason for this? Like, no, I don't think they ever showed up in like the comics. And a, a lot of times, they never showed up in the comics. It was just, it was just the the Hasbro just repainting their toys. Um, and so, it, there was one uh, where I think they were trying to, you know, maybe um, paint their figures to to. <sighs> Gosh, I don't know, like like different environments. Like this one is for desert, you know, or something. And then, um, yeah, so they would they would come up with different paint color schemes and stuff. Very, just very strange stuff. Yeah, yeah, I remember there being zipline figures for GI Joe, where you could actually have them connected to like different parts of your room and have them go to the different areas. I had a friend who had those in his basement, and we would just make this spider web of GI Joe figures <laughs> and their ziplines. <laughs> Wow! Wow! Yeah, that was the the great thing about these toys were they they encompassed so much stuff. Uh, you know, so many they were like, "Hey, do you like this? Do you like do you like animals? Well, this one comes with a bobcat." Um, you know, do you like do you like baseball? This one has a grenade launcher that shoots baseballs. Uh, you know, do you like uh, zip lining? It it was like. Every they had pretty much everything except for uh, female figures. <laughs> there was there, there was, was like a, two or three. There was just a couple, and the th and and I know this is with a lot of different action figure lines in the eighties. Was you know they only produced these things and shipped them out at 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 you know like a, a quarter or half the rate as the, the rest of the the characters and stuff. And so 
so they would be some of the toughest figures to find. And, and, you know, it's like, oh, uh, you know, if you wanted a, a Lady J figure or whatever, oh, she, she, uh, she only came out in the, the first wave and then they, you know, probably didn't redo her for, for 15 years or something. It's like, what? Well, because the company would always say, well, they clearly don't sell. We only sold 1% of these, but you only made. But you only made 1%. I know. No, they were, I'm like, it's not that they're sitting on the shelves unsold. Um, because that clearly was not the case. Uh, you know, I was, and it wasn't the case that, that boys didn't want to play with them. Oh, we wanted to play with them. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the Baroness in her all leather cat suit, um, and the glasses and the glasses (laughs) and her Russian accent. Um, you know, we were like, like, Oh man, uh, this is, she was one of the few figures I actually had as a kid. I didn't have a lot of the G.I. Joe proper figures, but she was never a bad guy in my eyes. She was like the tech geek that would kind of work between both both factions. Yeah, yeah. No, she was uh, – she – well, yeah, because she was also – she did a lot of stuff with, I think, like Destro. Some, there was something going on there maybe with her and Destro. And, you know, it, but it's it was hard to keep track in you know, my mind, like all the stuff that happened in the comics versus the cartoon versus in the worlds that I made up, you know, because um, you played with it yourself and then you'd have your own little stories, which is uh, just when – when I think of fan fiction, I think of playing with action figures and dolls and stuff as a kid, because everybody I think starts off doing fan fiction. Anybody who's a writer, everybody. I'm like, someone says, "Oh, I, I can't write," and I go, "Did you ever play with toys as a kid? Um, you probably entertained yourself with little stories, and at some point you just stopped, you know, playing with those toys. Um, you know, it's like it's like if you're a writer, it's like you played, you're still playing with those toys, but in your mind." And those were the first, you know, crossovers. Everybody would have all their figures crossover and have a, oh, yeah. one, you know, the Technodrome as a base, or you'd have the flag as the big ship for, even, I remember my uh, niece and nephew, they actually had, my niece had tons of Barbie dolls, and my nephew had the later G.I. Joes in the 90s, and he would have the, she would take his flag and use it as a Barbie cruise ship. <laughs> it wasn't quite scale, but that's what they would do because that made sense to them there was no question of well this toy belongs with this thing oh wow yeah yeah it's it's um you would do uh gi joe and transformers which they actually did a, a comic book of the idw ones yep yeah 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 and um and they oh they did one in the 80s too it was like a four four issue miniseries in the 80s uh from marvel Oh really? And, and yeah, and they've done a lot more recently with IDW, um, which the thing the thing about the, the when you get into the comics was I followed the comics the whole way pretty much, um, or at least close to the end, which went up to uh, over 150 issues. Now that's for GI Joe, uh, and that was from Marvel Comics, and they were some they were great, or at least I thought so at the time. I've tried to read some of them recently and uh, some of those old comics, and they're just bonkers. They're, they're, they're insane. Uh, and, you know, there's like clones and um, Cobra Commander is a used car salesman. That's like his origin story. 
<laughs> just get really angry one day at having to sell used sabs or something? That, yeah, that he wanted to take over the world. And he's just like, I'm just going to create a terrorist organization. And I'm like, what? That isn't... Yeah, so I, I loved the comics. And they had a lot of the ninja stuff in the comics that they didn't do in the cartoon. And so that was the one of the other things that I found so weird was they sort of introduced this weird ninja element um and and which was actually pretty cool in the in the the newer live action movies that they did they had some amazing uh, i don't know if you wire saw foo. those but yeah yeah yes they it was just uh what did you call wire foo <laughs> yeah the wire foo style yeah, yes they, yes those movies i when i saw them first i was like this is just painful but then i watched it again it's like, this is not that bad it's cheesy but it's fun no, I wish Channing Tatum had stayed around a little bit longer. I know they tried to beef up his role in the second one after he became sort of a star after the first one. And they they killed him off in the second one right away. And then they're like, oh, no, uh, he's a star. We need to have him hang around a little bit longer in this movie. Um, but but the, they're, they're very weird movies, but they did have some pretty cool ninja action. <laughs> And 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 I was like, you know what? If I was a kid, these would be pretty cool. Um, that was the same thing I felt about the Transformers films. Is as an adult, I could, the first couple I was just confused. There's just so much blurry uh, transforming happening. But at, I went with uh, friends of mine that had kids, and they loved the films. They absolutely were just enamored by the idea of them because they didn't have anything the baggage we all have of oh, we had comics and TV shows. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think that talk about baggage. Uh, we watched Optimus Prime die in the Transformers movie, you know, and and uh, talk about baggage. They 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 also swore in that movie. Yes. Uh, and who else was who was playing in it? Orson Welles. I don't know. It was have Orson Welles and Leonard Nimoy and yeah. Leonard Nimoy. It was. That was the Transformers movie, and then they came out with the G.I. Joe movie, cartoon movie, a little bit after that. And apparently because of the negative reaction that they had had, that audiences had to Optimus Prime dying, they were they were actually going to have Duke, uh, the commander of G.I. Joe, die in the in the cartoon movie uh, for G.I. Joe. And he I don't know didn't. How they could do that. Like because these are real people. They're not they're not robots, you know. I know. They had they had a, a spear go through him, and right. and it looks pretty gruesome. And unfortunately, they didn't have time to go back and redo the animation. So just at the end of the movie, there's just this line like off screen where you hear someone go, "Hey, hey Duke okay. is gonna be he's yeah. okay, you guys. <laughs> he survived that spear through his chest, through the middle of his chest." There is a giant spear, and he's. But then, I mean, then again, there were aliens in that movie. So, right. uh, it, is it any weirder that someone survived a, a spear? And the spear itself was actually a living cobra that, yeah. like, turned to wood magically and then in got midair. Yeah, in midair. So it's like, mm, I, I, okay, I can buy that. I can buy that he's that he survived that. Well, it's like every time one of their one of their vehicles would get destroyed, they'd all you know dive out to the side or just get stuck <laughs> under it, and they happen to get out. It's if you can accept that, you can accept the spear part too. I know they're like, wait a minute, we can't accept this whole thing is based on these these armies versus terrorists, 
And the one time they're like, you know what, we're gonna have a character, a single character die, and the, and the, and then the execs are like. Uh, we can't do that. And they're like, what do you think we've been doing with the guns shooting back and forth? And the, we're like, uh, uh, we, we, we can't do that. Give them the guns. Give them the tanks. You know, but... The war of attrition is fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But 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 nobody dies. There's not. I... <laughs> so how long were you collecting the toys, like, when you were a kid? Oh, right up until I was probably... 14 or 15 um uh, i yeah i collected the comics and the toys and the 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 weird thing about it is you know i never i I, you know that was back when you didn't have the internet or anything and the only way i could get those old toys was you go to garage sales and someone's mom would sell their whole thing off and you go oh my gosh i just got like a first edition snake eyes you know for 25 cents and uh i think that you know you don't have that anymore but you do have like when when the internet first came about and ebay started to happen uh whatever that was 98 99 sometime around there i you know i just type in like a storm shadow and all of a sudden boom hey you wanted it's 40 bucks or something i'm like oh my gosh i've literally never seen one of those with my own eyes, you know, I was like, that's a first edition storm shadow, you know, it's not even on the card or anything, but I'm like, it doesn't matter. I've still never seen one, you know, nobody around me had one. And so therefore I never even, I was like, that really does exist. And so, you know, I kind of went crazy then and I bought, uh, you know, about 20 years ago and I bought all of the ones that I wanted as a kid, but never had. And then I put them in plastic bags and they're in a box right now. (laughs) I mean, I'm like, what do you do with them now? I don't know. I'm like, but I was like, I was like, this is for me as a kid. I'm taking it back. Forty dollars. I'll take that. That's only forty bucks for your childhood. It's worth it. I know. I know. I'm doing it for that kid, not for me. For that kid. But I found that to be a constant thing where I would be looking for certain figures. Like I said, I was using the Ghostbusters, and there was ones I never see ever. I, I there's there was a Slimer with a proton pack toy. And I had never seen that on store shelves. And I think it was about, you know, the yeah late 90s, early 2000s when I finally went online and said, I wonder if this even exists. Because there were because, <laughs> you know, it was kind of a fun thing then when you look at these toys, and you look at the back and you see all the list of figures. But there was always a couple no one ever saw. Yeah. And yeah. so there'd all be these, these there'd be these rumors that in the playground, like, well, maybe that one was pulled from shelves because it was, you know, broken or it was mispacked or something like that. Oh man, I you know you you, and you always had one kid who'd be like, oh my cousin, who lives in Wyoming has that one, you know, uh, where you're, where yeah is like is like oh he has, um, we there were there were always ones where where there was like a kid who'd be like, um, my cousin who lives in Wyoming has the Green Arrow figure. Um, from DC, the the superpowers line, and or something, and it would be one that didn't even appear on the back of the packages, and so you'd be like, "You're a liar." They're never made it, Green Arrow. So, and then you know, a couple of years, you know, now I look up and I'm like, "Oh my gosh, that kid was not lying. They made one for whatever reason. It didn't appear, you know, on the back of the box or something. And I don't know if it was Green Arrow or some Green Lantern or something, but it was like, I was like, "Oh my god, that kid was telling the truth." That happened a lot with hey. people I knew that were into G.I. Joe a lot. We'd always compare the different uh, 
the variants and they kept insisting they had like a different color shade of you know snake eyes or somebody yeah and no one believed them until they bring it to school <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know it was it was i you know and that was when i was like you know what we've got the internet it's going to solve every uh nerd fight it's going to solve all of our problems if you want to know what facts are you just got to go online go to wikipedia go to online you're going to it's going to be it's going to change the way the world works and now it's like oh my god it's more misinformation than ever before it's it, it's totally not what i expected uh, it to happen, you know, in the nineties when the internet popped up, but I was like, Oh my gosh, it's going to solve so many nerd fights, so many playground battles. Uh, this is, you know, it's, we're, we're going to get to the bottom of this. We're going yeah, to, I just thought that the rumors would disappear then, but now they just get worse and worse because now they can make up a, a, a fake figure or a fake something. I've seen so many fake, uh, GI Joe unreleased like battle core and things along those lines these days. Oh yeah. Really? That, oh. Which actually brings me to the uh, next thing I want to talk about, which is the Street Fighter Ghost uh, Ghostbuster uh, GI Joe figures. Yeah, I mean, why not Street Fighter Ghostbusters? Who knows? They, they're going to do everything eventually, right? There's, That'd be fine. They're going <laughs> to get to everything. Um, yeah, I never. What were what's up with the Street Fighter ones? So, you know, I think it was 1993. They made a bunch of Street Fighter Two figures. And they were based on the video game. And then shortly after that, I think 94, 95, they made a series based on the movies. On the movie, rather, or the Raul Julia uh, masterpiece. And they, when I've done the research for this, I've discovered that the first series of Street Fighter figures, Street Fighter 2, they're considered G.I. Joe figures. They're part of the canon. They're part of the universe. What? I can't figure out why, but they say this. Yeah, they actually have uh, all the packaging. They're, I mean, they're, they're clearly using, like, G.I. Joe molds and stuff and and they say yeah street fighter official video game characters and then just in small letters gi joe a real american hero what like what what's the connection <laughs> they actually reused some of the models for the for ryu and things like that like uh, he was sliced they said and oh yes yes just redid some of the the sculpts and i thought for a long time the mortal Kombat figures were for gi joe too but they have absolutely nothing to do with it just the Shang Tsung movie, which is apparently an unreleased figure from G.I. Joe. This was a huge rabbit hole I went down recently. Wow, and the G.I. they even had a a Crimson Cruiser featuring M. Bison? Yep. What? Yeah. M. Bison. Yeah, M. Bison. He's the... With uh... a bison blaster. <laughs> He's Mike Bison. Mike, That's his name. Oh. Well, uh, what a, I, uh, yeah, wow. Um, I, 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 I mean, it's a bad look though when you come out with a vehicle with a with a missile launcher and you call it a bison blaster. It's just not a good look. But <laughs> I mean, again, they were they were just kind of let's do anything and and uh, who's who's going to tell us no? <laughs> what are just, they going to we... do? Fire me? <laughs> But they sold really well. They were a very popular series. I, I had quite a few of these. These were mine because I was into video games at the time. Um, I was about 11. And I kept trying to find the alternate art ones or the alternate skin ones because there'd be like a light uh, green and a, blue, a turquoise Blanca because when you play the video game, you select a different character for player two. 
they have to have different colors. So I'd go hunt them down, and then I started noticing that certain figures, like Big Boa, looked exactly like Balrog, because they were the same figure. Yes, yeah, Big Boa has, yeah, the, the same the same mask there, uh, sort of. It, yeah, gosh, there's just some, yeah, you know, I never had these, actually. These probably came, like, outright as I stopped collecting, um, or else I would say I was probably like, hey, if it doesn't happen in the comic books, I'm not interested in the toys, I, I in my mind I would have been like these are not canon. I'm sorry. I believe I believe in aliens, but I, <laughs> I there's no way I'm gonna believe in video game characters appearing. In there's there's just no way. Um, I also got a kick out of the accessories they would come with because they were all like incredibly melee accessories for GI Joe, especially when they have the GI Joe branding on them. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, did they did they use uh, weapons in Street? What was you know? I never played Street Fighter. Not particularly. Uh-oh. Vega did. He had a he had like a claw in his hand. Yeah, I thought I thought they that just kind of like punched and kicked and stuff. Um, but of course, for some reason, they were very much about the accessories with GI Joe uh, because you could also get just accessory packs, just right. like you would just buy like a package of weapons <laughs> I, I mean i i gotta go to my mom and be like what you just let me buy this look at this it's a package of weapons she'd be like i whatever <laughs> those always made me laugh because when i was a kid and i was looking at uh, kb toys those would be the ones that would be left on the shelves there'd be just packs and packs and packs of weapons and the lockers and backpacks oh yeah the back the backpacks was so weird but again if you were a if you were a kid, you were like, hey, I wear a backpack to school. My G.I. Joe wears a backpack. Uh, why don't they come with lunchboxes? I can put know? guns in his backpack. I, I wonder. Wait a minute. Um, you, could put the, you could put the sword in, in uh, Snake Eye's backpack. That was kind of the cool thing, was you could put his sword in there, except it kind of chewed it up at the same time. <laughs> so you would... So so the sword would look all gnarly and chewed up uh, after a couple of years. So I think that's when you would have to be like, I need to get a weapons pack. I hope there are some ninja swords in there. Oh, Lordy, I hope there are ninja swords. And they were also, you know, they were also dirt cheap, just like everything else, which made I'm sure they were easier for parents to, uh, you know, acquiesce to their children begging for a toy. Yeah, I can't imagine a kid begging a parent for uh, you know a, a toy right now, and you'd be like, um, "That's an action figure. It's fourteen ninety nine." I'd be like, "Are you what? Are you kidding? I'm not. No, you go play with you. You go play with dirt or something. I don't care." You know. <laughs> well, they even came out recently. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the. I believe they're the the corpse, the core toys nowadays. Yeah, yeah. They're basically knockoff GI Joes, and they're just. They're really poorly made, which is sad. Aww. But they are—they're pretty cheap, which is, I guess, the best thing about them. <laughs> but they're probably not as crazy. That was the thing about all of the knockoff GI Joes was that you would have, and they were clearly like—I don't know if they're just—they're just like it was like a rival toy company just said, "Hey, uh, army figures like GI Joe are big." Why don't we go make a bunch of those? Steve, you go uh, just order a bunch from China 
and you design them and order them from China. And they'd show up and they would look like G.I. Joe's and they'd have articulation and they'd have the same Kung Fu grip and they'd have the weapons, but there would be no imagination. There wouldn't be one that came with a bobcat. There wouldn't be uh, you know, one with boxing gloves on. It was just like they're just they would just be generic army guys. And I'd be right. like, No, do you not get it? We don't like generic army guys. We like uh, code name ice cream soldier. <laughs> you know, we one, like the ninjas. That was one thing I had a hard time with when I was looking at all the figures back in the day. Is I wouldn't like somebody would be like, oh, I'm looking for Duke, and it would use the code names instead on a lot of the products. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was yeah, yeah. You you could go down a, a rabbit hole uh, trying to to figure out which names you're using for some of these characters and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, there, there were, but it's like, yeah, the knockoffs were never quite as exciting just because they simply weren't weird. Um, and I think, you know, as a kid, you could tell uh, there was nothing really more disappointing than getting like a knockoff transformer or GI Joe figure for your birthday, because underneath the wrapping paper, it would have the feel of a G.I. Joe, you're like, oh, man, this is the size. This is the which figure is it? And you open it up and it's like, what? This is another Army bad man? <laughs> Yeah, this is not a G.I. Joe. This is uh, this is going to be someone I bury in the yard. Uh, I will take a, a lighter to it later. Thank you. Thank you, Grandma. <laughs> That happened a lot with those figures. There were so many. I remember there's being a huge, huge market for these not quite bootleg bootlegs, and they would always be compatible with Army Guy figures or G.I. Joe, the different uh, vehicles they would have. But they were always like just a shell. They never had any, any actual like play fun. They were just a it's a Jeep. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boring, boring. Yeah, I was just looking at like a a gosh a list of uh yeah these different knockoff figures special forces a team of modern army <laughs> you're like uh what and yeah and they're just all just uh they've got like little army berets on and you know a swat vest or something and and yeah there's just there's just no uh imagination went into these not which i guess you would expect with a knockoff right you're just like, yeah, there's not going to be much imagination in a knockoff. Um, See, to but... me, I think that would be an opportunity to go even crazier. Like, give them a dinosaur mount. I'm sure they have a, a mold for a dinosaur. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Give them yeah. something crazy. Oh, my gosh. It, I mean, yeah, there's there probably is. You probably have to go down a pretty big rabbit hole, though, on on eBay or something to find... Uh, the worst and the weirdest knockoff toys. But I was like, those were ones that maybe they were sold in Japan or something, but uh, they were not, they were not sold in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, I, I, there's a, there's one thing I came across that said the core or as we know them organ donors, um, which is so true. Uh, uh, people, yeah, you would take apart these if, if like the little rubber band broke on the in the inside of your GI Joe, you could you could harvest a rubber band not from another one of your GI Joes, but from one of these knockoff fifty dollar figures out there on the store shelves, or get like a screw from one of those guys. So <laughs> that that was probably about the only thing these knockoffs were good for. 
do they, they didn't even have special accessories you'd care about, I guess. They're just, it's a gun. <laughs> yeah, it's a, wow, he has a gun. Thanks a lot. <laughs> and that does it for part one of our Andrew Schaefer interview. As always, thank you for listening. It really means a lot to me. And remember to nerd out once in a while. Don't ever be ashamed of the things you love. Take care. <laughs>